What's up, guys? Thank you so much for listening to and supporting Picture Lock. I absolutely love film, as you know, and have given my life to studying the medium. As a filmmaker, I understand what it takes to make a film from its inception to the big screen. As a critic, I've been able to see the business of film from the marketing side of things. And as a film festival director, I've been able to see the distribution side, but more importantly, the enormous amount of talented filmmakers out there creating and crafting stories from their heart. And that's why I've started Picture Lock PR. If you're a filmmaker or producer looking to engage audiences and create relevance around your latest or upcoming project, head over to PictureLockPR.com. We can help you with your film's publicity from pre to post-production. Get more information and see the clients we've helped in the past at PictureLockPR.com. PictureLock PR. Finally, a partner as passionate as you. What's going on, everyone? Happy Monday. Welcome to another Picture Lock PR After Show. I'm really excited to bring you this episode. Today, I'm going to talk with the writer, producer, and director, producer of Fake News Writer, Eric Pizzina and Danny Hanks. It's really cool to be able to talk with them because, you know, I haven't had anyone that's done a web series in the after show yet. And so, of course, with a web series, it's a kind of a different beast in regard to marketing and PR. Uh, So they gave a lot of great nuggets. Now, one thing that you will notice is the first question I kind of start out with, uh, maybe it was on me. I didn't ask it properly, but um, they kind of answered it, but it wasn't exactly how it usually goes. So. Um, They started over, but I left that in there because I think what they did say does have a lot of value. And so you'll kind of see in the course of the interview when the course correction happens. Um, But still, it was really good information. So again, I left it in there. So I think you're really going to enjoy this episode. Um, But I do got to say, man, um, you know, as I'm recording this, it's April 1st. You know, last night was driving back from D.C., Um, My brother hit me up. He said Nipsey Hussle was killed. And, uh, you know, obviously, for those that do know, back in the day, my brother and I and three other dudes, we were all in a rap group. And so while I'm not heavy into music like I used to be, I definitely did know who Nipsey Hussle was. Um, And, uh, man, I got to say, I'm a little bit shook from, from this because, as everyone is commenting, he was... One of the guys that was really doing really good stuff in his community uh, in L.A., Crenshaw, uh, and uh, it's, it's it's really sad. Still trying to uh, kind of come to grips with what that means. I think sometimes, um, unfortunately, for black men that are really doing well and they get into a position of prominence, this seems to happen. Um, and, of course, there's always going to be these different theories and conspiracy conspiracy theories and things like that but man i just want to take a little bit of time just to uh say hey uh if you hadn't heard uh nipsey hustle was killed yesterday and um if you don't know some of the stuff that he did he did in his life then you should definitely check it out it's a really good story of you know coming from nothing and starting out on the wrong path but turning things around and really trying to build the community so uh, the other thing is he is working on a documentary, and um, man, I really want to see uh, what comes out of that. If it was finished, if it was complete, if somebody does know, let me know because uh, you know DC Black Film Festival is coming up in August. You know, I'd just love to be able to continue the work that he was doing uh, with the Dr. Sebi 
documentary. So, anyways, uh, I know that is a a little bit of a downer and a little bit of a sharp turn from what, how we usually kick these things off. But I just feel like, again, with my platform, it's my platform. So <laughs> I just want to make sure that I'm shining light on uh, different things that are, are really important. And so, again, today's show is going to be awesome. Sorry for the little downer, but uh, I do feel like it needed to be said. It's a good one for you today, and we're going to get into it right after this promo. What if you could have a film critic, film festival director, film publicist, and fellow filmmaker guide you with your film's PR and marketing journey from pre-production to post? I'm Kevin Sampson, and my online course, PR for the Indie Filmmaker, does just that. In this course, I'm going to teach you how to set up your film to engage an audience and build a community long before you call action. I'll show you how to approach critics to make them aware of your film like publicists do, and as a director of two film festivals, I won't just teach you hacks and secrets to reduce entry fees, but how you can use the festival circuit to create buzz around your film. I'm a huge supporter of diverse storytelling and film, and I believe the most unique voices come from indie filmmakers. That's who I've supported over the years with my show, Picture Lock, whether on TV or on radio. With as much experience as I've had as an independent filmmaker myself, critic, publicist, and festival director, I realize that most indie filmmakers just need access to the knowledge that big firms provide to achieve success. So in this course, I'm going to demystify some of the process and give you everything I know in a behind the scenes look at the sides of the business you don't always see. So if you're an indie filmmaker that's looking to change the game with your film's PR and marketing, make sure you check out PR for the Indie Filmmaker. Head on over to prfortheindiefilmmaker.com and get a free preview of the course, PR for the Indie Filmmaker. Get your film seen, build community, and become an army of one. What's up, guys? You are listening to the Picture Lock PR After Show. Uh, hopefully, you are able to hear my conversation with Eric Pazina and Danny Hanks. Uh, they are the writer, producer, and director producer of Fake News Writer. Um, guys, thanks for sticking around for the after show. Of course. Yeah, this is great. Yeah, thanks for having us. All right, so with the after show, I definitely want to focus on PR and marketing for you know your film, and in this case, a web series. I'm really excited to talk to you guys because having a web series, it's it's kind of a different beast in regard to how you market it. But at the same time, there are definitely some universal things um, in regard to a film. So the first question for you guys is going to be, you know, what's one of the biggest things that you feel you have learned? and creating your web series, engaging the public, and marketing it? So one of the biggest things that I've learned is that you need to trust your own gut. So when you're looking for people to help you market, you can't do everything on your own. And so you need to rely on people sometimes. And it's very easy to be wowed by people with a lot of credibility and experience, especially when you don't have any yourself. But at the same time, nobody's going to care about your own project more than you do. And you're just another client to these people. So in the beginning, you might work with people who talk big and have a lot of credibility. But you have to really trust your gut feeling. Like, are they doing a good job? Are they doing everything they can? Can I, they can? Can I be doing more? So you can 
so people will talk big and you, but you have to like actually trust yourself to be like, are they doing a good job or should I try to find other people or should I be doing more? Yeah. The other thing is don't be discouraged if people don't like you, especially if your content is controversial. There are people who love your project and people who are going to hate your project if it's on something that's as divisive as politics. So try to look for people who really have your best interests at heart and don't be discouraged if people say, nah, this isn't really for me. Yeah, you know, uh, it's interesting, guys. So, you know, just kind of taking a, a few notes on what you guys said. So uh, first, Eric, you kind of said no one will love your stuff as much as you do, but to trust your gut. And Danny just saying, um, looking for the right people that really um, back your project and, and support it, because there definitely will be the people that hate it or, you know, don't like it, don't get it, whatever the case may be. Um, I think that that is great inspirational uh, advice just in regard in regard to as for any artist, because I think many times, um, especially when, you know, when you're Michelangelo and you can see, you know, the chiseled out statue, but other people just see a rock, <laughs> it's a little hard right, to get right. that buy in. So, yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. The next question I have for you guys, just in regard to, um, you know, mistakes that you've made in marketing uh, the web series or engaging the public, what's one of the biggest mistakes that you think you've made that uh, other web series creators, filmmakers could learn from? Yeah, so I think those were actually our our biggest mistake, mistakes was, you know, having to learn to trust our own gut and not being discouraged if people don't like you. But we did do a lot of great things along the way. One of the best things we did right was the way we run our YouTube page. So right from the start, our goal is to have as many people see our work and get our name out there as possible. And the problem with making a movie is a lot of the times to see it, you have to pay for it, or you can only see it at a film festival, or you can only see it on Vimeo or something. But with a web series, it's accessible to everyone. You can put it right on YouTube, and it's also like five minutes versus 70, like a a whole movie, what are you more likely to, what's more intimidating, what are you more likely to watch? You're probably going to watch something that's five minutes because that's much less of a commitment. But then what we do is we make it really addictive and bingeable so people watch, end up watching way more than five minutes and they watch our whole series at a time. We get a lot of comments being like, I discovered your ad like an hour ago and we didn't expect it, but we binged everything all at once. Yeah, and we also had a, a very multifaceted approach to our marketing. We've spent money on Facebook and YouTube, YouTube advertising, and what we've done in spending that money is testing out a bunch of different trailers with different groups, some things that are broad, like people who like comedy, and some that are more specific, like a liberal trailer aimed towards liberal audiences and a conservative trailer aimed towards conservative audiences. So we advertise to both sides, and since we're a YouTube channel, the biggest secret I guess, about YouTube is that you always have to keep pumping out content or else you're going to go down in YouTube's algorithm and people aren't going to be able to find you in search results. So when we started, uh, when you searched fake news writer, we wouldn't come up on page one. We'd come up on page two, page three, and you wouldn't be able to find us. But after continually re releasing content every week for a number of months, we are the majority of the top search results. So it's been a lot of work um, coming up with cheap content ideas that we can release each week to 
keep our audience involved as well as managing our social media pages and coming up with memes about the show. But really engaging the public on these spaces is the most important thing that you can do. And this engagement has given us over 100,000 organic viewers across our 10 episodes and almost 10,000 subscribers since we launched in October. So that's really the most important thing that you can do to keep your audience involved, hook them, and keep them coming back for more. Now, that's what I'm talking about, guys. That that was some great nuggets right there in regard to engaging the public with your PR and marketing. Uh, first off, I think that it starts at the script level for especially content uh, creators that are doing web series, episodic content, the bingeability factor, making sure that you're writing in such a way that you know you, you end on a cliffhanger so people want to see what happens next. And then also, Danny, you were talking about uh, releasing weekly content on your YouTube channel so that uh, you stay in the algorithm and making sure that, you know, you can make it on page one instead of, you know, page two, as you said. I think that's great advice. And uh, obviously using the, the, the metrics from uh, putting a little bit of money into, you know, whether it's Facebook or YouTube advertisements. Um, I think that's that's a huge thing that sometimes filmmakers forget to do and forget to use. And instead, one of the things that I like to say is instead of, you know, um, budgeting for just your production, budget for post-production and make sure that you have the advertising dollars already in your budget so that once you get to that step, you can just go into that money bag and, you know, make sure that you're able to um, put out proper advertising to bring people in. So thanks, guys. That, that That's awesome. Um, if we could. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, let's let's talk about, um, you know, the biggest mistakes that you think you guys have learned from. Yeah, so I would say one of the biggest mistakes was in who we trusted to bring on to our marketing team. Um, you really have to kind of like Eric said, trust your gut when you're talking to these people. Really see if they have your best interests at heart, especially if you're putting money into it. There are some people out there who are unfortunately just looking for the money. They're not going to bring you in results, um, and they're not really going to spend the amount of time that you would if you were the one putting out YouTube ad advertisements, Facebook advertisements, that sort of thing. So being picky about where you're spending your money as well as for when you do put out advertisements on YouTube and Facebook, um, one of the things that we struggled with at first was monitoring the response to those advertisements. So making sure that when you put an ad out, it's not just, you know, throw it out there and forget it. You really want to look at the analytics behind who's watching your video, who's not watching your video, and then is there a way that you can make another trailer that caters to this audience even more or caters to a separate audience that you think you're missing. So it's really important, those two things, to kind of figure out who your best team is and then as well as look at the results of what's coming in. Who are you catching? Who's your audience? And how can you best market to them? Perfect. Um, I think that that's great advice because, you know, trusting your gut is one of those things that you really have to learn to do. Like, because especially as artists, like we, we're trying to get our out, art out there and we want it to be seen. And so, you know, sometimes when the first person that comes along is like interested, you're really excited. Uh, but you do have to know uh, and, and try to analyze, like, is this person, do they really get it or not? Um, one of the things that I always think of is just in terms of if you're going to hire, you know, a PR and marketing person, are, are they just taking the check 
or do they really believe in what you're doing? And if they don't really believe in it, then you should not go with that person because they're not going to be excited when they're pitching it to uh, to anyone. So um, that's great advice. All right, guys. Last. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just keep stepping over you. I'm sorry, Danny. <laughs> sorry about that. Uh, no, that's me. That's me. Um, we're going to have to wrap out here. And, uh, you know, I wish we could talk longer because this is a really great conversation. Last question. You guys get to flip it on me. And my role as a filmmaker, film festival director, publicist, uh, film critic, is there any question that I could answer for you in regard to PR and marketing? Yeah, as a web series going into festivals, what's the best way to network at festivals, meet people, and especially as a web series, how do you get those independent one-on-one -on -one meetings to try to make it into something more, since it is so different from a short film or a feature film or TV? Yeah, um, this is a great question, and I'm glad that you asked it. One of the things that I talk about in my course is that the the festival circuit starts um, early, right? So as soon as you know you're accepted to a festival, that's when you need to go ahead and look online, figure out what other web series are going to be there, what other films are going to be there, um, looking at their social media, reaching out to them and saying, hey, you know, I saw you're going to be at DC Web Fest. Uh, I'm also in DC Web Fest. I'd love to connect once we get there. That way, when you hit the ground of wherever you are for that festival, you're not just there and kind of trying to figure it out as you go along, but you've already started to establish communication and making those one-on-one -on -one connections with other artists. Because we know, like, you know, as, as filmmakers, um, that those, those peer relationships are really where a lot of that energy and synergy is going to come from um, to propel you forward in the future. So one of the things that I like to do is just say, make sure you reach out to some of those fellow filmmakers uh, or web series creators um, prior to getting to whichever festival you're going to be at. Um, the other thing, just in regard to as a web series, I know for me when I look at you know different web series with my festival, um, we usually pick up one episode that we're going to show or screen. And I think it's interesting because um, I, I will, I'll, I'll say this for, for public engagement, you know, when you're at a festival and the lights come up, those people that just saw it and that just laughed or whatever the case may be, they're going to be your biggest fans for that moment, right? So making sure that you have mm -hmm. some kind of list where you can you can pick up those, uh, get those emails, so that later, you know, you can say, hey, you know, add them to your subscriber list, and you can say, hey, check out the web series. This is a reminder, blah blah blah. So for you guys specifically being on YouTube, you know, you might pick up some ex extra uh, subscribers by making sure that you're ready to take on that that list. And then, um, I, Danny, is your question like taking, like maybe um, getting distributed or like a distribution type thing? Um, yeah. So basically, we've I've written the season two already, and we really want to get it made, but we need more people to collaborate on for that. And we're also looking for I don't know if anyone wants to pick us up as like a TV show, just any kind of connections we can make. Yeah, exactly. So again, going back to what I was just talking about, I think that that's why establishing those connections, like once you get there, 
talking with people in the crowd. And the great thing is for you guys, you know, you're a duo, so you're able to cover more ground than if you're just like one filmmaker. Um, and a lot of times I find that, again, in those audiences is where you will be able to, you know, find somebody that if they cannot be that person for you, then they might have a connection. So uh, it's definitely all about networking um, in those environments. So I think if you do that, then you, you definitely, hopefully should see some results outside of the fact that, you know, you never know, people click, clicking on the YouTube channel, um, they, they might be interested in as well. Perfect. Thank you so much. Yeah, we'll definitely divide and conquer. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, it's been great talking with you guys, writer, producer, and director, producer of Fake News, writer Eric Pazina and Danny Hanks. Thanks for sticking around for the after show. Thank you so much. Thanks.